Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and uh, folks, this is going to be a good one. Uh, Tony Chapetta is with us. Tony is with Chips. He's the president there. Tony, welcome. Hi, John. Thanks for having me today. Hey, it's a pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about you and give everyone an introduction to Chips. How are you serving folks out there? Sure, John. Uh, we're in technology. So Chips is a technology success provider. Uh, we've been around for more than 20 years now, and uh, we're helping organizations secure their infrastructure, make sure it's stable and um you know, ensure that they can continue to operate the way they mean to without the interference of uh, hackers out there. <laughs> That's always helpful for sure. Uh, since we pick up the paper and read about that every day, um, Tony, talk, give us before we get into the specific work you're doing, uh, you and your team are doing with chips, talk about your background and how, how your journey into, uh, this company. Um, well, like I said, I founded it uh, 20 years ago, but uh, before that, my original career path was law enforcement up until I got married and my wife uh, had other plans. Uh, so I went and got a business management degree, um, was in that world for 10 years and uh, with computers, uh, really it was something that came natural to me. And when I found out there was a need to serve businesses in that area, I went and uh, got certified uh, started uh, working with an organization south of the cities and got some experience there, kind of bringing together customer service and business management systems processes. Uh, Founder really had a knack for helping organizations improve uh, their effectiveness via technology. And uh, I started Chips to, to do just that, you know, help uh, people not just have technology, but actually get a, a noticeable and measurable return from it. I'm I'm curious about one piece of your background. How does your law enforcement background inform the way you handle your business and and how you're able to the, the mindset you bring to your business and your customers? Well, you know, consistency in technology is is something that is sometimes hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, so bringing together um you know, the regimen of following processes and protocols is uh kind of part of my, my background, my nature, and, uh, you know, ensuring that we can, we can follow and do things correctly. Um, you know, and I've also been in the past, you know, uh, called upon by organizations to consult them that they were being hacked or, you know, whether it was people from afar or, you know, locally trying to, you know, compromise them from a cyber standpoint and showing them how to, you know, secure their information as well as their physical premise, um, you know, to avoid robbery or, you know, vandalism, that kind of thing as well. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I can see how the process piece of that and the attention to detail is so important in your business and how that having that in your background makes a lot of difference for your customers. Uh, certainly. Um, so as I mentioned, I mean, we pick up the paper every day or or look online. I, I don't guess too many people pick up the paper anymore, but <laughs> we, we, we see these threats all the time, these actual hacks and get emails that, you, you know, we, 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 this is happening. Talk about what's changing though, and how the threats are changing, uh, and how, how that's different today than it was a few years ago. 
Well, it's it's really escalated exponentially uh, year after year after year. And, you know, something that started out just as a way to, you know, get kind of a, a low dollar amount payment for something that was a, an inconvenience um, has really turned into, um, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry where these groups are are working as if they're some kind of publicly traded company. They're having press releases and they're having, you know, announcements of what they're doing. Um, but the the vulnerability side of it for um, the people listening is that uh, if you've, you've heard the term uh, zero day, um, which means it's a vulnerability, whether it's in the operating system or a program on the computer, the, the number of zero days that have been identified and are actively being exploited here in 2021, um, it has exceeded the total of 2020 and 2019. So I, I guess what that means from a vulnerability standpoint is that a hacker now can simply, uh, you know, access the computer and inject malicious code um, into the machine without any user interaction. Where in the past, a lot of it, and it still still is present today, but uh, you know, they before they were reliant upon some kind of uh, user interaction. They trick people to click on something or, or open an attachment. Or they they do uh, you know get some kind of insider to execute something intentionally, those kind of things. And now with all these zero days that are are left open and you know takes weeks sometimes months to actually fix, they've got free access you know to the computers, and they can you know take full advantage of that. So one of the things that we I'm sure you hear this all the time dealing with small, medium-sized businesses is I'm too small to get hacked. So therefore, why do I need to worry, right? This happens to the big companies. Address that statement. Yeah. So the, um, that's, that's kind of a misnomer. The, the ones you see in the news are definitely huge, uh, multi-million dollar ransom requests and that kind of thing. But Statistically, when you look at all the attacks, uh, a new attack is happening every 11 seconds, um, and the majority of them are hitting the small businesses. Um, you know, businesses that have, you know, typically they're not going after the, the one or two person business, but the ones that they know can pay a ransom. You know, so those are businesses with five, ten employees and up. Most of them are hitting hitting industry organizations that have less than 100 employees make less than $10 million in revenue a year. So that's a, that's a lot of organizations out there that are in that, um, you know, small category, if you will, small is kind of, uh, you know, semi relevant to who you're talking to and what their definition of small is. But, um, you know, from that regard, those businesses are, are getting hit on a regular basis. And again, um, it's kind of the low hanging fruit, the ones that don't have quite as good a defenses. So it's, it's super easy to go after them and, and, you know, put up a ransom demand. And at the same time, those ransoms now are, are you know, 200,000, 250,000. Um, and the cost impact of that, let alone the, the downtime, the bad PR and fines and all those things typically are putting organizations out of business that have to have to go through that. Um, maybe the way to put this is to think for a lay person like me is to think of it in terms of spam email. I mean, you can send out thousands and thousands, millions of spam emails 
And then all you've got to worry about if you're a hacker is just a few that get hits, right? I mean, aren't the threats sent out the same way, whether through spam email or some other way? Yeah, they are. And it's, it's, it's getting easier and easier uh, to, to get into the mix. You know, as I said, this is, this is an industry and they've uh, groups out there have made it so that somebody that's not technology savvy can buy in as an affiliate for $50 and uh, they can get the code. They can send it out via email or distribute it however they want. And they get a cut of the uh, ransom that's paid to those organizations. It's kind of this uh, commission uh, format that, uh, you know, they call ransomware as a service. Um, so it's, it's, it's very prevalent, very easy for somebody to get in there. So it's not just, you know, these people in far off lands, you know, China, that kind of thing. It could be, uh, the kid down the street that's bored and, you know, is looking to make some money. Um, but, uh, it definitely is sent via spam, sent via, you know, websites. Um, and we've seen it where they'll actually take legitimate ads out on, on legitimate websites. And when people go to visit those ads, they get the malicious content along with the ad. Wow. Um, what I'm hearing is, uh, multi-level marketing meets, uh, uh, <laughs> hacking. That's what I'm hearing here, uh, Tony. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Tony Chipetta, uh, with a lot of great news for us, folks. Uh, Tony is, uh, with chips. No, Tony does have great news. And, and Tony, I want, I want you to talk about some of the technology that you're delivering to, to customers that, it's been around a while, but it's new to the business market. Yeah, we've uh, we've been blessed to to meet a group of really smart individuals outside of DC who um, have been uh, getting commissioned uh, for more than twenty years to invent super specific uh, solutions to uh, the intelligence community, the U.S. military, those kind of places that um, have to be one hundred percent secure and can't uh, can't afford to suffer any kind of hacks or loss of information. And uh, in, in 2019, they showed us this uh, software technology that was, um, you know, rolled into production with the U.S. military in 2014. And it's uh, it, it's super important for the business community to find out about this because, as I mentioned earlier, these zero days that, you know, allow a hacker to take over the computer, inject software, um, they, they completely bypass all the traditional means of cybersecurity defense, which, you know, they have to detect the bad code, and then they have to respond to it, right? Mm -hmm. And when you can't detect something, you can't respond. Um, you know, so everything that we've been led to believe, antivirus and the latest and greatest enterprise detect and respond and manage detect and respond, all these things are being bypassed because the hackers can change their signature, use these zero days to get in without, you know, any um, prevention, that kind of thing. And uh, what this technology does that, again, is used by the U.S. military, uh, it actually just changes the way the computer works. So instead of allowing any action to be taken, whether it's uh, directed by the user or a piece of software or maybe an outside attacker, now the computer only takes trusted actions. So as a user, you probably have your set of programs you use day-to-day, -day, Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, those kind of things. This technology uh, has a bunch of patents in it, and uh, with that, it's been proven to be 100% effective over these more than seven years in use by the U.S. military and other agencies. But in that scenario, you go to open that spam message. It's got an attachment on it or it's got a link and it calls up your Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel. This technology will allow 
the trusted action, the opening of the software to happen. But as soon as it tries to do something beyond that, that malicious action, lateral movement, it actually stops that because it knows Word and Excel is not supposed to do that kind of thing. Mm. And it's able to, you know, only allow the actions the computer is supposed to take to happen, thus stopping everything outside of it, including these zero-day vulnerabilities that we just talked about. And you say this technology was d- developed by the United States military. What And why is this now just hitting the business market, I guess? Help help me out on that. So it was, it was invented by um, an organization for the U.S. military, the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. And they, they uh, commissioned them in 2012. Uh, they worked with Microsoft for two years and created this, tested it out. And uh, rolled it into production, and it's it's kind of like uh, GPS. You know, it's you know a technology that was originally generated for the military, classified at one point. Um, you know, nobody's supposed to know about it, but over time, you know, it gets access, and you know, people sign off, say, okay, let's start using it here, let's start using it there, and then it, you know, now it's available for. I'd say general consumption. There are certain countries and types of organizations uh, we're not allowed to put it into. Um, but it is something that with, uh, you know, COVID hitting and the hackers, you know, taking advantage of that. And, you know, with the NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology coming out in 2019 saying, hey, um, or 2020 rather, that uh, zero trust is an actual thing. It's not a theory. Um, here's the federal government's been using it. Uh, for two more than two decades, this is what it looks like, not naming products, but here's what you should be looking for. You know, they kind of, you know, pulled back the curtain and allowed those kind of things to be made aware to the private sector. And, you know, we're fortunate to, to be able to take this time tester product and, and start putting it into the organizations that need it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something there. I want to circle back on zero trust is not adequate. Talk about exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, so zero trust up until this NIST special publication, um, most of the industry thought it was some kind of theory. You know, it's it, it's something that you know should work in theory but not in practice, kind of a thing. And uh, this organization had been inventing technology that again is 100% effective because it follows what's now called zero trust principles. You know, it's a it's more of a recent terminology. Even you know came after their. Uh, their progress and their inventions over the years. Um, And, uh, you know, that's the kind of a class that this technology falls into. Um, The kind of the bad thing now is since the NIST publication, uh, every organization out there has taken that zero trust phrase, that word, and used it as a buzzword in their marketing now. So it's super hard for a a business consumer or somebody that's trying to learn about it to um, go out and, and find something that's zero trust. Everybody's mm-hmm. saying there's zero trust when when they don't actually uh, adhere to all the principles, which you need to be if you're going to actually be 100% effective. Um, so there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace, but I guess I would encourage people to look at the NIST special, special publication and understand it a bit better that way and, and maybe even come to uh, one of the webinars we're doing where we, we do a live demonstration of this technology um, and show why it's effective. Mm. Now, one of the things you talked about there, Tony, in describing the technology, a little phrase that stood out for me is 100% effective. 100% as a pretty high standard uh, there. Talk about what makes it 100% effective. Yeah, so there's there's key principles um, or pillars in the, the zero trust framework. 
And you have to um, adhere to all of them simultaneously to be 100% effective. And that's uh, a trusted device um, can only take a trusted action via a trusted user. So if you you think about uh, general cybersecurity technology, the traditional means, you might have one means of authenticating a user and you might have a different means of giving access control. You might have a different layer out there that allows whitelisting or some other application control. Um, there might be something altogether that allows different devices, you know, to ensure only certain computers can be on a network, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different layers and layers and layers of cybersecurity technology. But zero trust is this concept that if you can simultaneously take these key items and ensure that, for one, only the device that you want to have on the network is there, it's being you know, used by a specific user, not just anybody in the organization, but a specific user. And then now that specific user can only take certain actions with that device. Mm-hmm. Now you've got everything kind of combed all the way down to small, very sub, you know, very small subset of things that are trusted actions that they can take. And that's why it's hundred percent effective. And, uh, you know, over the years, like I said, uh, this group has invented other things, not just software, but um, network control and um, remote access and all these different things that have been required um, by the federal government that they take these these principles and they build a specific use case. So this software doesn't stop everything. It doesn't stop the employee from picking up the phone and calling their bank to do a wire transfer. It doesn't stop them from handing out their password to somebody that asks for it, but it does stop you know, from a cyber standpoint, all the malicious software that would happen on their computer, whether that's, you know, involuntary or intentional on the machine. Yeah, I mean, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm going to make a statement that's, that, that, that's okay. a, a, really a question. I take it that it prevents those instances where employees are clicking on something they shouldn't be clicking on. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And maybe, and maybe they're tricked into doing that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's their job to um, click on and open attachments or go to websites and do things like that. Um, years ago, we got a call from uh, a CPA, and uh, not yet a customer of ours, but they they called in a panic because the owner got an email from somebody that said, "Hey, I just moved to your area. I, I'm looking for a CPA. Attached is my information. Please review and let me know if this is something you can help with." And, you know, obviously, what did that person do? That business owner said, hey, it's a new customer. Mm-hmm. They opened the attachment and, you know, a handful of minutes later, they found all of their data encrypted. Mm. Um, you know, so there's businesses out there that have to deal with attachments and they have to be dealing with people that are sometimes, you know, not their normal set of known customers. And, uh, you know, this technology allows them to to open those attachments, go to websites, click on things without fearing that the computer is going to be compromised. Tony Chapetta is with us, folks. Uh, he's the president of CHIPS uh, 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 here in the Twin Cities area. So, uh, Tony, talk um, about, I guess, the what I, I mean, if I'm a business hearing this and I'm hearing 100% effective and, and in the way that's lo- perfectly logical, it seems to me, um, way that you describe this technology 
what do I need? What, what is the difference between the MSP I may be working with now versus working with you and getting this technology? Yeah. So we're, we're able to work alongside um, whether it's an MSP or an in-house IT group, um, that kind of thing. Um, like I said, the, this technology is not yet mainstream. So we've been asked by the inventors to help create awareness of it. We're doing webinars on at least a monthly basis. And um, we're, you know, kind of the head of the channel to help bring it into the private sector and make sure that um, it's available to the people that need it. So um, we're, you know, our group doesn't have to take over any other things. If somebody likes their managed service provider, they're in a contract, that kind of thing. Or, you know, we had a high profile success story of working with a law enforcement agency that has in-house IT, you know, their team worked on trying to stop a, a malware from stealing information for more than four weeks. They gave up, they couldn't stop it. Our guys show up with this special military technology. They have them back to full functionality in one business day. Mm. Um, you know, and the IT director's like, it, you know, what's the deal? Are we incompetent? And I'm like, no, we just have access to this technology that y- you guys don't. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of, of not trying to, you know, we're not trying to threaten anybody's job or, you know, get rid of them. We're, we're just trying to safeguard the community and get this into the places that need it. That's needed. Yeah. So that, uh, thanks for clarifying that because I, I can imagine some folks are hearing this and thinking, oh, I've got to make a huge technology switch. And that's not necessarily the case. Right. And we've had other people that have come to us, you know, after the fact they've been compromised a couple months before and they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to buy more detect and respond solutions, you know, manage detect and respond or the latest, you know, enterprise detect and respond, all these different things that, you know, they're told, Hey, you just got to keep buying more and more layers. When the truth is, is go back, go back, going back to the zero day concept, you know, your detect and respond products can't stop a zero day because by definition, there is no way of detecting it. (laughs) There's no way of stopping something you can't detect. And, uh, you know, so in that sense, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, which leads to more compromise where we can offer an alternate, you know, methodology solution. Again, that's been proven to be hundred percent effective via the U S military and other, other, uh, intelligence organizations out there. So, um, you know, we're able to offer something different instead of, uh, continuing to do the same thing over and over. Right. One of the things you mentioned there in that example of the law enforcement agency with the malware problem. So what you're saying is, is that you can insert this technology in the middle of a, of, of a problem that a client may be having and really stop it cold. Yep. That was, uh, that was uh, part of the reason why it became such a high profile is, is most of these installations uh, that were done prior to this were done in a non-hostile environment, but, uh, with uh, the industries or the the departments that are being protected with this technology, that was part of the criteria for the inventors is is assume it's hostile. So when uh, we took the software and and put it in there, the machines that were actively infected and were being compromised instantly could not continue to do that. They couldn't, they were trying to persist in memory, but all of their actions were stopped and uh, we were able to get them out of memory, identify based on their activity, what kind of malware they were because it you know wasn't necessarily a common malware is it was a customized one 
but we were able to understand what it was doing and then clean that up and close the back doors and that kind of thing. But as long as it's got this protection on it, it can't take an untrusted action. Um, so it's completely secure. And this, uh, the interesting thing with this is that it doesn't have to be the latest and greatest Windows 10, Windows 11 type computer. This will actually protect all the way back to Windows XP. So if you're in a scenario where you've got some legacy software, maybe you're in manufacturing and it's driving a big piece of equipment or you're in healthcare and it's an MRI machine that's you know maybe 10 years old and you don't want to get rid of it, those kind of things. This is the perfect solution to keep all the software exactly the way it is. And just make sure it can't be compromised from a cyber perspective. Tony Chapetta is with us, folks. He's the president of Chips. Um, one of the things, Tony, that s- strikes me is that uh, when I mean I've interviewed a whole lot of uh, technology firms like yours, and that talk about preventing disaster, preventing uh, ransomware hacking, what have you which is more of a negative thing. I don't, I don't mean that negatively, but it's more of a negative action, right? One of the things you talk about in your, uh, the way you uh, talk about your firm is you're a technology success provider. I love that phrase. Talk about what that means for you and your customers, how, how you uh, define technology success. Yeah, we, so we were really, um, I guess in front of the curve, if you will, uh, with the whole managed services adoption, um, we're the second company in Minnesota to buy into that technology in 2005 and pioneered uh, the concept of managed antivirus and managed backup and kind of bringing that to market. And, uh, you know, with that, we found that um, our customers were relying on the technology and, you know, how do we make sure that they never have an emergency, that kind of thing. So, in 2012, you know, through that um, kind of endeavor of, you know, bringing the best level of service to our clients as possible, we came up with a, a new way of, of uh, conducting business that's not reactive. Uh, we transformed the, the company in 2013. And uh, now, you know, for those fully managed clients, it's reactive uh, is only about 5% of what we do. And, uh, you know, so what do you do the rest of the time? Well, we've got a regimented systematic process of managing infrastructure that helps eliminate issues. Um, our clients uh, only have on average about, you know, five or six minutes of reactive service needs a month, which means the rest of the time they're focused on, you know, why they were hired, what, you know, what they're supposed to be doing for their clients. And, uh, you know, from a business owner leadership perspective, they're not fighting fires anymore. They're not having to call IT for emergencies all these different things. So we really spend a lot of time understanding what they're trying to do and how they're trying to get there and then help to open that pathway to success. You know, whether that's some kind of technology implementation or, you know, maybe it's, you know, bringing some other people to the table, whether, you know, security, you know, physical security. Uh, We had a client that was expanding rapidly this year and needed uh, new introductions to bankers in the area. We were able to facilitate that. So whatever our clients need to be successful in their organization, not just, you know, here's a piece of technology we can, we can sell you. It's helping them be as successful as possible. Wow. Great words from Tony Chapetta, uh, the president of chips, uh, a technology success provider. I love that, Tony. Um, well, it, it, Tony, this has been great. And what, what great information you've shared and uh, hope, <laughs> I think really right for, uh, uh, small and medium sized businesses are just tired of getting, uh, uh, subjected to the, 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 the constant barrage of attacks. Um, 
So let's get to the most important question, which is for those that have heard something that makes them want to get in touch with you and learn more, how they can do that. Well, you can definitely reach out uh, to me. The Probably the first place to start I would recommend is our website that explains this technology we've been talking about the, the entire time. It's uh, www.prevent-ransomware.com. And that will uh, give you some information about the technology. Um, but maybe more importantly, um, there's a link in there to sign up for our demos we're having on a regular basis. You know, because there's a, I've been in the industry for, again, more than 20 years. And when we first heard about this, super skeptical, right? You know, because what's 100% effective? How can this be possible? Mm-hmm. All those kind of questions that come up, you know, we've been trained to be skeptical on anything that, you know, has that kind of a track record. Well, you know, when we saw this in 2019, we were totally blown away. We did our independent testing um, and, uh, you know, putting it in production is, you know, kind of goes back to the old adage of seeing is believing, right? So we're, uh, we're helping other people find out, learn about it and see it in action, um, see how it stops malware that's taken down, you know, entire country health services systems and, and uh, the power grid in the, in the Ukraine, as well as again, customer malware that every detect and respond product out there can't, uh, you know, can't detect, can't stop. Um, so start there, join us for a webinar, uh, but you can also reach out to me directly, um, you know, from there. I don't know. Do you want me to give my phone number at this time or whatever, you, um, whatever you wish, whatever the best uh, avenue is for folks. Yeah. Uh, my direct dial is uh, 651-280-4701 can reach out to me. Always happy to have a conversation and uh, um, see if this might be the right solution for you. Tony Chapetta, folks, president of chips. Tony, this has been great. Very informative. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, all this information with the audience. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey folks, just a, a quick reminder. If you like the kind of uh, uh, guests that you hear on Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. I would love it if you would share the show and share it with those that you think would be interested and subscribe. Um, that's not about me or Business Radio X. It's about our great guest and the uh, services that they provide that are so essential um, uh, for uh, businesses and consumers out there. So if you could help great business leaders like Tony in that regard, I would appreciate that. So for my guest, Tony Chapetta, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio.